Take your Bibles. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> go figure. 1 Corinthians. And as you go to 1 Corinthians, where we're going to be at tonight, uh, man, I, I, I will say this. Uh, Joshua did a phenomenal job last Wednesday, uh, but I, 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 we are going to go back and record that one. So one Sunday morning, whenever we're doing Sunday school, all right, uh, I, we're going to bring everybody in here, all right, we're going to record that uh, through a Sunday school. We'll, we'll, just not, we'll just not teach Sunday school that day, the regular class, because I think those of, you, those of them that, that don't come on a Wednesday night, uh, they, they too need to hear that, that message, because it is so... Um, it is so appropriate for the world in which y'all are growing up in and that I'm uh, having to watch you grow up in. And so uh, I, I think it's that important. So we're going to go back and we're going to capture that thing one day. Um, so here we go. Psalm, uh, uh, first, Psalms, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And what we're going to do is we're going to start reading verse 17. Here's what I'm not going to do. Uh, I'm not going to read all the way to verse 34, although we are going to try to grab all the way to verse 34. And here's the reason why. If you got your Bibles and you like, if your Bible don't have things marked off in paragraphs, what you'd want to do is, is we're really going to look at three paragraphs with the center paragraph being what the first and second paragraph is all about, or first and third paragraph is, is, is all about. Because the first paragraph is really, uh, when, when we see this in verse 17, uh, this is not what you want to hear. I, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, as, as someone that's reading the Word of God, as you read this, you can only imagine how some of these people at the church of Corinth, as this was being read to them, they're going, oh, no, because he's getting ready. This chapter and the next chapter or this verse 17 and then chapter 12, he's getting ready to unload. He's getting ready to unleash, but he's doing it by the by the guidance of the Lord. All right. Remember, he's he's inspired by the spirit of God. Paul is to write the, this letter to the church of Corinth. And what you're going to find here is you're going to find that they have really done a bad job when it comes to that of uh, the Lord's Supper. Now, this is not our Lord's Supper stuff. OK, uh, Miss Linda, when her church closed. Uh, and they, they combined. She says, Scott, would you want it? And I'm like, yeah, I want that. That's pretty cool. So I have my own now. I can, I don't know why I need my own, but I thought it was cool. So uh, we're going to, that's for picture purposes today, but I may pick it up and throw it at you. So what happens though is, is they were doing such a poor job with it that what we find is, is that, is that Paul was very, very disappointed in them. To the point that he even he even shows that in one of the verses there, uh, and he speaks of how of how how disgusted he was for the way that they have went and done this very thing. Okay, so let's start reading verse seventeen, and I'm going to read all the way down uh, to verse uh, twenty. Let's see, verse twenty-two, and then I'm going to come back and we'll talk, and then we'll go get twenty-two, and then we're going to go. Okay, you got it. Here we go. Verse seventeen, first paragraph. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Guys, real quick, just listen to the way he says this. Now in giving the following instruction, I do not praise you. <laughs> no. Hold, hold on. If you ever read the book of Revelation, there, there's always a part in there where, where, where Jesus, because he writes a, a letter to the seven churches, and he'll talk about, hey, man, I'm, I'm proud of you right here. But then he always, that one part, except for one church, he goes, this is not, this is, I am not happy about this, okay? And, and for you to hear that from Jesus, you're going, 
I'm glad I wasn't the church of Ephesus. But the problem is, is the church that was, the, the letter that was written to the church of Ephesus there in, 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 in Revelation, the, the letter that's written here to 1 Corinthians to the church of Corinth, the same is said to you and me as well. And what, what you've got to realize is there's no one in this room that's got it together. But I will say this, but there's some in this room that are aware of that. And there's some in this room that are not. And what's happening here is Paul, he's starting it out and he says, listen, he says, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. You're, you're gathering as a, as a body of believers, you're gathering for the wrong reason. And you're coming together and it is a mess. How dare you? I preached this one time at Palier Baptist Church uh, when I was pastoring there. And, and I told y'all a couple weeks ago that, that when I did it, uh, we, we, we just changed the whole, the whole service that day. I had all the deacons just remain in the seat. I wanted us to just preach through this and really think about take an inventory of your own life. Not my life. You don't need to. You, you, you take an inventory of your life. And what happens here is he says in verse 18, watch, ready? For in the first place, that's why you know there's a second place. The second place, if you want to write in your Bible, chapter 12. That's the speaking in tongues. In the first place, he says, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you. I hear there's divisions and in part, guess this, you ready? And you know what? I believe it. And why? Well, because you and I know as human beings, all right, think about it, we're humans. As human beings, left to ourselves, we begin to do what? We begin to, uh, uh, we, we begin to not love our brother and our sister the way that Christ would want us to love our brother and, and our sister. And what happens here is you see, he says, hey, there's divisions here. And these divisions, go back to 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Well, watch what happens. These divisions is talking about this kind of division it's talking about a division of poor, rich. It's talking about divisions, not, not so much about that of the teachings. It's more about just, uh, well, I am of Joshua and you are of Brody. You know, and I follow Brody. Brody's so much cooler than that of Spencer. And y'all can't even keep the other Rob and Spencer separated. So you ready? So, so what happens is, is, is we fall into this and we begin to have divisions within our church. Watch what he does. Verse 10. Of chapter one. Now I beg you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you and that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And he goes all the way down and he continues telling them this same thing um, to, to that of verse 17. And what he does here is he says, listen, you and I, as he says in Ephesians chapter four, you and I, we're to be one. We're to be one body, one mind, one, because of one Lord, and because of one baptism, and because there ought to be a oneness about us. But I will tell you, even amongst our youth group many times, there's not a oneness about us, because we're of, uh, and there's not so here, but let's put it this way. Well, um, well, I am of the student leadership team and I am of the praise team and I am of the and I am of the. And, and what happens is, is we begin to have divisions within that of our group. And those divisions begin to cause issues, separation. 
And separation then what happens is, is we then begin to do what he says next. We begin to fall apart. And what you and I need to do is, is Paul saying, listen, hey, y'all got some issues. And these issues, you're taking these issues into the Lord's Supper. How dare you? Y'all, I don't know if y'all think about it though. But that, and that's why I have that up in front of you. That, that, that's a representation of the Lord's Supper that y'all would, and that we would take about once a quarter here at South River Baptist Church. The reason why the pastor says the Sunday prior that we're going to be partaking of the Lord's Supper the next Sunday is because really you should be spending the whole week getting yourself ready and prepared. Your mind, your body, your whole self ready for that of partaking of, of the Lord's Supper. It's that serious. There's people, though, that come into our church and they pass that thing by. They pick up a piece of bread. They pick up a, a, a cup of grape juice. They take the grape juice. They eat the bread. They think nothing about their lives. They think nothing about what the bread and that of the blood represents. It's just a, hey, it's just a religious thing that they do. And Paul is saying, he's saying, listen, y'all have got issues, man. Y'all have got some things going on. But number one, you got some divisions within that of the church. And I partly believe it. I believe that. Verse 19, listen to what he says. For there, uh, for there must in fact be divisions among you. For there must be also, in the King James would say, heresies. And those heresies are not heresies like, 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 like the, uh, the teaching of, of that of, of Jesus isn't Lord or, or that of uh, you know, the cross isn't, isn't all about that of salvation or heresies of what the Bible isn't inspired by. That's not what he's talking about there. What he's talking about there is that even in the church, we've got to the point to where there is in that church, Jew, Gentile, and Christian. And you've got different sects of people, S-E-C-T-S, different types, different groups of people within the church. You've got the, you've got, according to James chapter two, you got the, you know, the rich and you've got in James chapter two, you got the, the poor. You, you have different types of people. And what Paul is saying is that the sad part is, is that you're ready. If you look back over to chapter 10, verse 17. No, no, don't, 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 don't you dare look there. That's for later. Don't you dare look there. That is not where I want you to look. Do not look there. Okay. I want you to look though. Uh, go back. Go back um, let's see. I'm mean, going to got to flip a page a bit. Oh, Scott Townsville. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Go ahead. For, verse 17, because we'll, we'll pick it up again in a minute. He says this. In, ch in chapter 10, for we being many are one bread. Now, I don't want to read no more of that. But if you underline the word one, the word one means singular. And therefore, there's many there. For we being many, we are one. And what he's wanting there is Paul saying, listen, what you've got to realize is, is that there's no such thing as this different sects or this different groups among us that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. And really what happens there is, is he's talking about how we approve some and not others. One commentator says that through this, what happens is, is there is uh, the poor, all right, because because he speaks of that in James, how, how those people are being uh, uh, approved amongst others through that of the way that you're treating one another. For instance, uh, you get into a group of people, and as you get into a group of people, uh, people begin to treat people like people and not like Christians, okay? 
And what happens is, is a lot of times, oh, oh, I'll do it this way. Sunday morning, I'm sitting at church. I won't mention names, okay? Sunday morning, I'm sitting in church. I got three sitting in front of me, all right? And they're three, they're three little dudes, okay? And the three little dudes, uh, I'm watching them, man. Um, you got two little dudes over here. They're just going hard at it, man. They're just having hoo-ha time because mama just left. And when mama leaves, they have a hoo-ha time, all right? Now, here's what happens is, is I, rem- I saw mama say that. So I reach up and grab one little dude on the ear and I say, hey, man, uh, let's not let's not do that, okay? But there was another little dude that was sitting over here. So so you had the three, these two going at it. You have this one that's looking at it and going, "Oh, y'all are stupid. Y'all don't y'all y'all don't even realize what y'all are doing." All right. And in that, what was happening is there was a proven amongst that group that one was very wise as to what they should not do. And after service, I leaned up and I said, dude, you are so smart. And he goes, I know I didn't even get involved with it. I'm like, you know, right, you didn't. And what happened there was, is when you read this, he's saying, listen, y'all have got, y- y- y'all have got so many fractions. You, you have so many uh, divisions that, that what happens is, is when you get to verse 20, he picks back up from verse 18. Watch what he does here. So when you come together, all right, therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's supper. Now, hold on a minute. What's happening here is there was two feasts that took place, or two suppers. If you remember back in um, back whenever Jesus, uh, right before he died, there would have been the the what meal? There would have been the Passover meal, all right, and then you would have had the Last Supper, okay. And what happened was, is starting from the book of Acts, they would have been copying or they would have been uh, following along with that tradition. And that is, is that they would have this thing called an agape feast or a love feast. And so in this love feast, what you would find here is these people, we call it potluck. Y'all know what potluck dinners are? All right, good. So somebody want to tell me what a potluck dinner is? Potluck. Somebody tell me potluck. No, not my adults. What's a potluck? Anybody you want to tell me? Potluck? It's kind of like a buffet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You go, girl. A buffet. And so what happens is, is everybody in the church, the preacher says, hey, next Sunday, next Sunday, everybody bring your own dish. We're going to have us a gathering. We're going to get together. Okay. Now, when I was a kid, uh, I showed myself a lot like what this passion says. As I've been studying this, I'm going, that was me. <laughs> That's not good. And what would happen was, is you would have this long table of all this food cooked by all different types of people and all from all different. Oh, y'all, it was crazy. At my, at my church, it was crazy. I mean, it was on. And what we'd do is we'd run to get down there. We wouldn't even let the preacher say amen. We was already down there, me and the kids. We'd whoo, run Not an adult. I was a kid. And I'd get down there and I'd line up, man. And I'd be going through there and I'd be like, no, I don't need none of that. No, I don't need none of that. Don't, oh, chicken tenders. Yes. And you get like, like, like six, seven chips. No, I don't need none of that. Ooh, ooh, sweet potato with, mus- with marshmallows and they've been blackened. Oh, yeah. So I'd get me some of that. And then, and then you keep going. You're going, no, I don't need none. And then you get to that dessert table. You're like, hey, Bobby, uh, send another plate up here. And what you do is you get another plate and you load up all the desserts. See, you're right with me, too. You load up all your desserts on the plate. And now you're going back there to the Sunday school class. You won't even eat with your church people. You're going back here in the Sunday school class. so You can eat with your brothers, you know, and, and you sit back there. And now you're ready. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. And you just sit there and you just feast. You're like, oh, this is so good. You can care less whether anybody else got any food or not. All right. Because when you're a kid, you ain't worried about nobody else. You're worried about yourself. But there's adults that are like that as well. 
And what happens here is, is they would have this, this love feast or agape feast, not potluck dinner, but like a potluck dinner. And they would all come together. And what they would do, according to what Paul's saying here, is they would begin to just eat and just gorge themselves. And then they would get drunk on that of the wine that was there, the wine that was going to be used for the Lord's Supper. Now watch what happens. Here's where he knew there was divisions. Okay, you ready? He says this. He says, for in Eden, everyone taketh before other his own supper. And one is hungry and another is drunken. And what he's saying there is he's saying, listen, when you're coming to eat, the sad part is that some of you don't even care. Uh, I, I, read a, I read an article while I was preparing for this. And there was a pastor that was teaching about a story that took place when he was pastoring down on the East Coast. And it was this pastor down there, they'd have a potluck dinner. And as, as they'd have a potluck dinner, um, they, they would be a family that would always just bring one thing. And they'd bring a big pot of beans. Okay? But they wouldn't bring no meat. Normally, normally, now this is, this is tradition, normally you bring one meat and one vegetable. I mean, that's kind of, or you can make a casserole. I think that's where casseroles come in. That way you can put it all in one. Anyhow, so you ready? They'd bring beans. But this pastor said that while they brought the beans, they wouldn't eat the beans. What they would do is they'd eat the steaks. And he says while, while he had other church members to get aggravated about that, what, what he wanted to know was this, not to be aggravated about Wait, you ready? That may be the only time they get steak, y'all. Maybe the only thing they can afford is beans. And if that's the only time they can eat steak, then, then you ready? The ones that brought the steak, guarantee they, they can eat steak often. You ready? Why not let them have the steak? But so too often we get caught up in, oh, they just brought beans, so they should eat beans is what they ought to eat. How dare them eat the good stuff? But really, that means our heart is in the wrong place. That, that means we've not even come to this agape feast with the right mindset. I, I, I know that your pastor is like this as well. Many times we wait to the very end to eat. And it ain't because we don't want to stand in line. But as a pastor, what a shame it would be for us to load up, you have our plate full, and then you've got people here at our church that don't get what they need. And so that's why we would do that. Man, there's a love there. It's not about me no more. It's about that of, of someone else. And what was happening is they were coming to this, to the Lord's Supper with the wrong heart, with the wrong motives. And they, hey, you ready? And it started not that day. This is something that's been going on. Because why? Because he says, listen, I know this is amongst you. I know what's going on there. I, I guarantee you there's people that takes the Lord's Supper on a Sunday morning and they have an alt with a brother. They have an issue with another person or they have an issue, a sin that's not that's not been dealt with. And I, I assure you, they take it and they think nothing of it. And I would tell you, whoa. Watch what happens here. You ready? Verse 22. What? I like that. Did you like how I did that? What? Uh, what? Uh, have you not houses to eat in and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God. See, he's talking singularity. I, and I, this, is, this is what I think is happening here. Is he's looking at these people that number one, their hearts are far from it. They're, they're really not doing what it is that, that Paul's saying, look, be of one Lord, one baptism. So he says, listen, or are you going to continue to despise the church of God? The brothers and sisters. He says, and shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. I, no. 
How? No, I would not. I, I, I love how this, uh, this Bible puts it. He says, do you not have houses so that you can eat and drink? Or are you trying so, to show contempt for the church of God by shaming those who have nothing? That's, that's so sad that we would go about doing that. Um, it's almost to the point, but not. Okay, you hear me? To the point, but not. I'll try to bring it down on your level. We shame uh, other people about what shoes they wear. We shame our brothers and our sisters about the clothes we got on. We shame our brothers and our sisters by what they drive. We shame our brothers and sisters maybe for what they do or what they don't have. We, we shame them in a way. And what happens is, guys, is, is, whoa, sad is us that we would go and we would begin to look at someone on their outward appearance when he tells us that, look, no, 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 the Lord looks on the heart. It's the heart that we're to look at. I don't care what kind of shoes you got on. Quit looking at my shoes, man. Listen, they're just, they're just shoes, man. Why you got to look at them for? You judging me by my shoes, ain't you? No, I didn't think it was. And so what happened was, is that, see, to me, that, that's where we've got to get into a mindset, though, as we're coming to the family, as we're coming to gather, what is the point in gathering? Just to fill our bellies up? Just so that we can get drunk? Just so that we can uh, become a glutton? Or is it because we want to gather together with that of our family so that we can walk, we can encourage, we can admonish, we can lift them up, we can... Which one is it? And what happens here is, is Paul says, man, how sad. Whoa, how sad. L listen to these lists of, of things that, that, that are taking place here. You ready? I, I, I wrote these down in my Bible. Here's some of the, the, the hindrances that, that was taking place here in the book of 1 Corinthians or in the church of Corinth. Ready? Here's one of them. One of the hindrances was pride. Pride. There, there's, there's, there's pride in each one of us. And what we have to do is we have to be careful. We have to keep that at check. All right? Because there's nothing wrong with pride until pride of in and of itself uh, does what? Takes over that of our lives and we begin to uh, live out that way. All right? So, so, so you had pride. You had selfishness. It's all about me, 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 me. Selfishness. Uh, well. Selfishness. You had estrangement. You had people that, that, that you ready? Uh, they lost sight of the fact, estrangement. That they, saw, they lost sight of the fact of the oneness. You see, there's no long rangers in that of, in that of Christianity. And somehow or another, people, people lose sight of that. And what they think is, is that, well, uh, I have my group over here and you can have your group over there. Me and Melanie visited, visited a church one time. I'm going to tell you where. Because oh, I got that. And so, so what happened was, is we went in, we were very young in our, in our marriage. And uh, we went into this church and man, it was a big church, y'all. It was so, so pretty, so pretty. It was a very pretty church. Very pretty on the outside too. And so when we, it was very ugly. The people were very ugly though, all right, in, on the inside. And what happens is, is we got there and we, we, we felt like we were sitting in someone's pew already. The place was packed. All right. And, and we're, we're sitting there and we began to shake hands, Holly. And as we began to shake hands and, and we're, we're going around shaking people's hands, we noticed something. You ready? That group stayed in their little group. That group stayed in their little group. That group stayed in their little group. And ain't nobody. We're like, like we're making people shake our hands. Nobody wants to shake our hands because we ain't a part of this group, that group, that group or that group. And the sad part was, is as we was leaving the church, and that ain't the only church that happened. As we're leaving the church, even the pastor had a hard time shaking our hands. I was, I was like, what is crazy? I make sure I didn't have no booger on my nose. I mean, I, I was checking everything out. 
But see, that's where we, we, we begin to show up at these church. We begin to show up at church. We begin to show up at these functions. And you ready? It's all about me. It's all about my pride. It's all about my groups. It's all about myself. You know, I'm selfish. He, he says this, ready? It's also a lot of hatred in it. There's, there's a lot of hatred. Uh, there, there was a lot of gluttony. Uh, pe- people just gorging themselves. Drunkenness. Drunkenness, maybe not on so much of the wine that was there to be taken. Maybe it was just drunk in, th- in the things of the world. And there was a ton of irreverence. The people were irreverent. Because they had no fear of the Lord. Watch what happens. Ready? Verse 23. Verse 23. He says this. He says, for I have received of the Lord. Now that you ought to underline that. Because what, what, what this would be is that you could go back. We're not because of time. You can just write it down. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 12. What you're going to find there is that that is when, that is when Paul would have went to the school of that of Jesus Christ. And it would have been Paul, now hold on, many commentators that I read, you would have had Paul telling us this story of the Last Supper before any of the apostles did. Or before any of the, uh, 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 the four letters, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And actually, they say that Luke's account mirrors up so much to this one because Luke and Paul was so tight. Because Luke would have been with Paul through the journeys, through his, his first, second, third missionary journeys. And what happens in this part right here is that the Lord has has given this to that of Paul. And he says these words. He says that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was portrayed, took bread. He took bread. And we'll read from here now. And after he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so what happens here is, is Paul He's telling them, he's saying, listen, I don't know why you keep doing this. You're showing up for these love feasts. You're showing up for these agape feasts. You're getting yourselves full. Your belly's full. You're, you're, you're drunk. You're, 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 um, you have divisions amongst you. There's, there's nothing, nothing that is reverent about this. And then you partake of the Lord's Supper. And then, and then you partake of this. And what Paul is saying is he's saying, listen, now here, here's the part where as I was your age, I was always scared to death. OK, but I think the pastor did it on purpose. And it was to the point of saying, well, you know, you, you, you must you must always check to make sure that you're worthy of taking of the Lord's Supper. Well, ain't nobody in this room worthy of it. OK, you hear me. OK, but there is one thing about you coming into the church on a Sunday morning. There is one thing about you coming into the church on a Sunday morning and you as a person that is a believer in Jesus Christ, that as you hold this plate, you can hold that plate, as you hold this plate, that you know in your heart you have sin that has been undealt with. You know in your heart that you have an ought with a brother. The only place in the Bible is in Matthew when it says that if you have a problem with a brother or a sister, you leave, you leave your sacrifice at the altar, you go fix that issue with your brother and sister, then you come back and then your, your sacrifice is acceptable unto me. But yet, you know what we'll do? We'll take that piece of bread and we'll pass it on. And then what we'll do, guys, listen to me. 
Knowing, knowing that our heart is not right with the Lord. Knowing that we're in sin. Knowing that, are you ready? Unconfessed sin. Knowing we have issues. We then take the bread. We chew it up. And then the next thing that's on our mind is where's the cup? Man, I'm thirsty. Not even thinking about the fact that in that, that representation was a representation of that of his broken body. Now, no, no bones were broken, but his back looked like hamburger meat when they got done beating him at the scourging post. They, 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 they beat him. They beat him to a point that I've read commentators say that you would have saw his, his in, internal organs because they would have beat him to that point. They would have taken those nails. They would have driven them through his wrists. They would have driven through his feet. They would have waited. Listen to this. They would have waited to a point that they had to get them off the cross before, before the Sabbath was going to take place. And so they went and they took big sledgehammers and they broke the, the thief on the left and the thief on the right. But when they got to Jesus because of prophecy and because it could not, hey, ready? The sacrifice was not pleasing to the Lord unless it was of a unbroken, no bone could be broken in the sacrifice as they were sacrificing it to the Lord before Jesus died on the cross. They get to Jesus. Jesus is dead. They take a spear. They run it through his side. And then it just, it, it just gushes out all of that fluid that had trapped around his heart because of the distress that his heart had gotten into. Then, then they take Jesus down. Then they take Jesus down and they wrap, they wrap my Jesus up in some cloth, in some cloth material. They lay him in a borrowed tomb. They put some spices on him. But yet, every time that plate passes by us, what Paul is saying is he's saying, listen, you're taking it in an unworthy manner. You're partying like it's nobody's business. You're getting drunk. You're filling your bellies full. And then you come in here irreverent. No reverence. No fear of the Lord. No mindset of the brokenness of what was there. And you pick it up and you take of it and you think nothing about it. That's an unworthy matter. Then the cup comes by. And the cup is the reminder of the blood that was shed. And that cup, without the blood, there will be no payment of sin. And what happens is, is I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but I wrote a whole paper on it, <clears throat> is that as you hold that cup, if you look through that cup with the, with the grape juice in it, as you look through it, everything is covered by the grape juice. Everything has the same color as the grape juice. And in my little mind, my pea brain mind, that's how when I think about being covered by the blood of the Lamb, and that being the Hebrews 10, 19, how I enter boldly into the kingdom of God. You ready? Because of the covering of the blood of the Lamb, that's how I picture Jesus or God looking down at me, the Father. He's looking down and He sees nothing but the red. Why? Because of the covering of the blood. Because when I drink it and I look back through that cup, I see everything as if it was without the covering. But you see, we let that cup pass by us, Emmett. We take that cup. We drink that cup. We think nothing about of the sins that we have committed. Nothing of what that blood done for us. Nothing. Because you ready? We just needed to have our tongue wet because we just ate some dry, nasty bread. That's so what happens here is, if you'll look, he says these words. And I'm very aware of the time. He says this. You ready? Oh, my glasses. Let me have them back. Or we'll get lost. All right, he says this, and I'm going to read all the way to, to the end. Uh, I'll tell you what, let me read out of this, this one here. 
Okay, he says this. For this reason, that's why I brought them all together. Whoever eats the bread, now y'all, you should listen to this. You should mark, I'm telling you. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why there is seriousness found in that of, of, that of, the, of the Lord's Supper. Not communion, Lord's Supper. A person should examine himself first. And in this way, let him eat the, drink, the bread and drink of the cup. For the one who eats and drinks without, without careful regard for the body he eats and drinks judgment against himself. It's to you that judgment's given to. And to me, as a believer, I don't know how it can take place. Guys, I don't know how it can take place that we just go in and nonchalantly think about and not, and not think about what's going on. This is why many of you are weak and sick and quite a few of you are dead. Some of your Bibles would say have fallen asleep. But if we examine ourselves, there, look, that's three times the word examine. Examine in ourselves. If you would have examined yourself, if you would have looked and thought about what your life, if you would have thought about this. But if we examined ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are, dis we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned with the world. Love that fact. And I'll tell you this, if you have been taken in a way that is unworthy, there should be discipline in place. If there's not discipline in place, you should think about, man, is my walk genuine then? Think about that. If that's what the word says, so then my brothers and sisters, when you come together, I love that. When you come together, that's that verse 17 of chapter 10. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you assemble, it does not lead to judgment. Look, don't, <laughs> don't bring your empty stomach here. And really, we don't do that here, although I think it'd be cool if we started having a meal. It'd be pretty neat. But anyhow, don't, don't bring your empty stomach here. Don't, don't bring your, your issues here. This is not about you. This, hey, this is not about you. This is not about you. This is, this is about His broken body. This is about the blood that was shed to pay for the sins of you and me and all those that accept Him as Lord and Savior. Hey, that's what that's about. And when you and I partake of this, we should partake of it in a worthy manner, a manner in which we have examined, we have examined, we have examined because it's that big a deal. Because there is discipline that is there for those that don't find it to be a big deal. That belonged to Christ. That's where the weaning out. Today you and I were talking about weaning out. There was weaning out that took place there in the church. And that is those that, that while they were saved, they were doing it in an un, unworthy way. Okay, they were, Death was brought. They were dead. God killed them. For what reason? To not, to not bring shame. Guys, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's not what we talk about in church normally. But that is, that is the realness. That is the severity of this when it takes place on us for each Sunday, for each quarter of the month. And then he says this. And then I will give you directions about other matters when I come. Next week, spiritual gifts. Good luck. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. And God, we thank you for your many blessings. Lord, you are a mighty God. We love you. Lord, I thank you today for your word. God, the joy of being in your word, learning about 
this gospel message that is given through that of the Lord's Supper. Lord, this, this virgin birth. Lord, this, this death. Lord, this, God, it's, it was a, you, you were sinless, perfect, Lord. And you paid for a multitude of sin, Father. And God, for your resurrection. And today, you sitting at the right hand of the Father. Lord, waiting, not to return, but to come. I noticed that today as I was studying. Lord, it ain't that you're returning. Lord, it's your coming. And so, Father, may we be ready for that coming. Lord, I say, Lord, come quickly, Lord. Father, we love you. And all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen.